I'm Nick Filardi. I'm Jason Thielbar. Welcome to the world's second finest podcast. Today, we're talking Batman Adventures 31, which came out March 1995. Anarchy is terrorizing the rich, and most people love it. A real crowd pleaser. Jason, (laughs) how do you feel about terrorizing the rich? If I wasn't a coward, it's what I would be doing. (laughs) You would be anarchy, is what you're saying? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Maybe a less cringy high school version of anarchy. Yeah, I'd probably be more like the boring anarchist you don't hear about that just like run co-ops and stuff. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like. Welcome. Welcome to our uh, co-op central podcast now. <laughs> yeah, we're going we're to yeah. talk about how to get your co-op off the ground. Yeah, this is yeah, no but, longer a Batman pod. <laughs> to- totally an expert in that. The both of us. You, you never knew <laughs> this whole time. Uh, let's get to our wheelhouse. Batman 517, written by Doug Munch and penciled by Kelly Jones. It's Sleeper Part 2, Darkness in the Dream Chamber. We pick up where we left off. Batman, hit with the heart attack and hallucination gas that Sleeper has in the skulls at the end of her hair. He tumbles off the roof of the building. He manages to catch himself before falling to his death. Sleeper gets away. She comes back disappointed that she doesn't have any hearts for the goddess of sleep. It turns out Remy, the once previously thought of goon, who's the size of 48 refrigerators stacked on top of each other, is her handler and not her muscle. She is part of the same program of sleeper agents and government contract killers as Mekros was from Batman 501. So anyway, Bruce Wayne hosts a dinner party with full-on weirdos in attendance. They look like characters from the board game Clue. They talk about sleep and MK Ultra government programs to create killers. Casually. Yeah, just casual dinner conversation. The handler Remy is covering up the creation of Sleeper by hitting every doctor that helped create her. We find this out because he's because he's journaling shirtless with perfect penmanship. Listen, man, I, I have almost 1,600 straight days of journaling, and I've not done one with a fucking shirt on, okay? <laughs> like, it's just not possible. That's just, that's just how you journal, baby. <laughs> yeah, if you're, com- if, you're, if you're committed, it's the way you <laughs> do it. If you're committed, it's journals out, shirts off, let's do this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. That's my next tattoo now, thanks. However, quote-unquote, the company frowns on the initiative that this goon took in creating Sleeper and, quote-unquote, the company is sending someone to take him down, just like Mekros. Batman puts together where Sleeper is by looking her up with her phone number on the computer. You just got detectived. (laughs) Sleeper, consumed by her own madness, tries to stab the heart out of her handler, Remy. The handler seemingly accidentally kills her. Batman shows up and they fight for a while before some guy just kicks the door down and says, Remy, you're fired and shoots him dead. Batman casually batarangs the the murderer in the face, leaves him for the cops. Sleeper is in a coma. At last, she sleeps. A sleeper, perhaps forever. Next issue, Black Mask, Black Spider. Jason, (laughs) what did you think of Batman 517? 
I really liked it. It 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 hit every like kind of button for for me like of uh nostalgia of like how much I loved uh early uh Vertigo books. Like it really reminded me of like a lot of early uh Sandman, early Hellblazer like art and like even and the story too. Yeah, I didn't put that together. It does have that kind of early Sandman vibe to it. That's, I mean, that's Kelly Jones doing what he does, but. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Well, just for sure. Even, even has that vibe. The, the, yeah, the story too. It's all like dark and spooky and, you know, yeah. and, and, and the like, <laughs> the, the vague, but not, still not explained very well sort of CIA thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I loved in a, in a very, uh, and I haven't, watched it in a while but in just a very like x-files sort of way oh it was just yeah. like it's like oh it's it's the government what part of the government maybe the fbi maybe this other shadowy agency who's the smoking man yeah whatever don't think about it there's spooky stuff think about the spooky yeah. stuff you know yeah. like i just it, it just hit all the buttons and we were talking about it before the show but it's like it's something that i've been enjoying about reading the mainstream books that i just like hadn't really in like a really either a while or just like for some time just stuff that's like wasn't on my radar and i'm like oh wow this that's right like okay like this, this, this is kind of good, fun yeah, yeah some pretty good stuff in here and the and just two things to note <laughs> that lady was horny for bruce like oh yeah all horned up for bruce and of course he made a perfect like pasta with Alfred not there. And he's like, oh, it's just something I threw together. And he's like, and then the doctor was like, oh, it's delicious. I'm like, well, yeah, it's Batman. He's like, you know, he could go on top chef and just like wipe the floor. Like, you know. <laughs> oh, man. Like, I watched that, by the way. Just I, like I, eight oh, civilians and Batman, like <laughs> in a cooking competition. Very, yeah. And he's very serious, all in the suit. Very, very saying serious. Yes, chef. Saying no, chef. Being very respectful. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's a, it totally. It totally hit that kooky, weird, spooky spot oh, man. for for me. The, the Bruce Wayne, he's like, I got to throw together a dinner party in 24 hours. I was just like, <laughs> this is the silliest stuff. Oh, and and can and continuing on the streak that you had pointed out of Batman not really doing much detective work. Yeah, right. He yeah, <laughs> he finds her sleepers phone number because like they're trying to take out these sleep doctors. And so he finds in the in their offices sleepers phone number across multiple offices. So he's like, oh, I guess I'll just look up that phone number. And then he just does that. And then he's yeah. like, oh, now I know where she is. <laughs> and I'm yeah, just like, yeah. oh, my God, what are we doing? Yeah. Oh, I need to talk to uh, this expert who might be involved. I'll invite him to this dinner party I was supposed to throw anyway. And they, and they just they go to the dinner party and it's like, I don't know that they're even giving us any new information they're just like explaining what mk ultra is and i was just like what is this dinner party full of weirdos talking about mk ultra well imagine imagine though like being like you know like reading this as like a, a teenager like like this place our ages in, in 1995 so it'd be like 14 around yeah, that you would have to explain to me what mk ultra is at 14 you would it, it, yeah, yeah. Well, and also imagine like reading that and just like, but like if you're 14, like you wouldn't believe that that was real, you know? Yeah. You're like, oh, this is I a actually, comic book. They just made up some government thing, you know? Yeah, I I actually looked up when, because this is like, Doug Munch has written about MKUltra before with Mechros, 
And so yeah. clearly it's in his brain, like sleeper agents, like that's like a, th- a a well that he likes to draw from. Yeah, yeah. So I was looking up to see if MK, if like the public found out about MK Ultra in the 90s, but they actually found out about it like in the 70s when like yeah. the CIA was like, it came to light that they were doing a lot of terrible illegal shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that, that's uh, uh Part, part of the reason why um, George Herbert Walker Bush was made uh, the director of the CIA, because he, he had no real previous like intelligence experience. I mean, probably did, but like not like he wasn't like an agency man, you know, and yeah. it was after all of this, like all of these controversies where there there were some senators who were like pissed, who were like, yeah, I mean, what the what the fuck? Some pretty uh, terrible shit. Yeah, yeah. So that part of the part of I, I think it was HW's like, I'm going to clean up like, I mean, of course, like, sure. Yeah, yeah. Happened, right, right. But and then but, but and then yeah, the CIA yeah. has been uh, totally clean since 1975 after oh, yeah. after he got in there and cleaned it up. No, oh, yeah, no, no problems no, at all. No, no. Perfect, shiny government agency. You know, they're like, Jason, the we're department. on a list now. We're on a list. Yeah, well. You know what? Uh, it'll help me feel cool, at least I can say <laughs> to be detained at the airport. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I'm, I'm sure I'll give him a reason. <laughs> I don't know why I put that on a recording. Shadow of the Bat 37 <laughs> by Alan Grant with pencils by Barry Kitson. The Shadow of the Bat falls upon the Joker. Part one, the king of comedy. People are being abducted with the Joker uh, playing card left behind. A wildcats looking idiot sits in a car with Dr. Arkham. He says that, quote, the most dangerous criminal the world has ever seen is loose to maim and murder as the deranged mind dictates. He must be caught and I can catch him, unquote. The worst part is that Johnny Wildcats over here is just working for exposure. He's freelancing and he's not even making any money on this. Ooh. So he and Jeremiah Arkham sitting in this car make a plan. It's an awful plan. They think that if they can catch the Joker, then they have to open up Arkham Asylum again because then they'll know, quote unquote, they really mean business. None of this is how to build a hospital. <laughs> Johnny Wildcats is named Wild, by the way, but I'm still going to call him Johnny Wildcats. He's he's in a trench coat with like a spandex underneath with a utility belt. He's got a ponytail and then he's got that weird Wildcats Jim Lee, like half face cover thing. I've never even when I was a kid and like drawing those and like copying like, you know, strike force or whatever. Like, yeah, I just. I never understood what that was supposed to do. It, Jason, is, is I'll it tell you what it does. Protecting your sideburns. It frames the face. It's it's <laughs> an aesthetic fashion. It's not a mask. It's aesthetic fashion. Jeez, I can't. I guess I can't argue with that. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Meanwhile, Batman busts a drug dealer who taped tiny bags of cocaine to his nipples. He looks like he's covered in cocaine cat teats. The cops never check the nipples, kids. That's a tip for you at home. We get a bit of Joker's Arkham file as Johnny Wildcats checks it out, which is kind of neat. The comic hints at 
Johnny Wildcat's girlfriend was killed by the Joker, potentially. Some goons take another guy that they're working for the Joker. They abduct another guy. They leave a Joker playing card behind and load him into a van. You can tell it's the Joker because the plate is a vanity plate that says, I jest. Batman doesn't manage to catch the van, but nabs one of the goons. Batman figures out that everyone taken was part of a college comedy club. Johnny Wildcats goes to the hospital to question the goon that Batman stopped. They just let him walk right in, and then he just karate chops a police officer guard. <laughs> he injects the goon with a poison. The goon tells him where the Joker is in exchange for the antidote. But there is no antidote. There's only anti-heroes who say things like, Rotten hell, while they kill a goon. Johnny Wildcats and Batman both race to get to the Joker. Next issue, the conclusion, Tears of the Clown. Jason, what did you think of Shadow of the Bat 37? Uh, I thought that you said kind of more than that. You put it better than I could when you were just kept on calling them Johnny Wildcats because <laughs> holy shit, this is like yeah, yeah. this entire this entire issue. Not not only just that character, but the the art was. I I, I don't want to slag off on the artist too much, but like you know. It did remind me of like you know whatever Wildstorm like stable artist was. Oh, definitely had that vibe for for he's, for. He's the regular yeah. artist on Shadow of the Bat. Like we his Black Canary book, like before this, same artist. That that looked so different. That looks. I'll have to go back and look if that was a different inker or because just every yeah, everything I, like feels so different in this one. I think it's just the vibe man like it's it's a lot of johnny wildcats sitting in his apartment monologuing in caption boxes like so many caption boxes. it's which is like very 90s of like we're just gonna have a character brooding for pages yeah in the 90s it was very much uh more words equals uh more smart well more and words, also <laughs> like it's like have a character talk to another character like I'm watching a guy think in an apartment and in a superhero book and I want to die, Jason. I hate well, it. Or, or or like figure out a way to like make it interesting, you know, right. like right. like one of one of my most favorite scenes in any movie ever. And I can recite the entire thing. I'm sure a lot of people can is the conversation between uh Al Pacino's character and Robert De Niro's character in Heat when they yeah. when they finally meet a in class that, in that di- yeah and that that that's so that scene is so goddamn tense and yeah. it's just a crowded restaurant and neither of them are raising their voice or even saying anything that like devastating or threatening but like it's obviously acted beautifully but it's shot like because Michael Mann knows how to shoot two people talking and I yeah. think that sometimes like, you know, like, listen, hey, all the sympathy in the world for people on tight deadlines, you know, <laughs> like, sure, seriously. sure. But like, th- that's part of like the problems you have to solve when you're when you're a comic book artist, you know? Yeah. The other thing was. When I was reading this and Batman busted up that goon with the cocaine and he had like very tiny bags taped to his chest. <laughs> I was like. I don't think this is how drug dealing works. <laughs> like 
<laughs> I've seen the wire. I, I don't think it works this way. <laughs> no, I, I don't think it does either, but it's definitely like it, it, it is very uh, sitcom, you know, yeah, or right, just like, exactly. or just clearly someone who's been their entire life, which I guess is fine, but their entire life afraid to buy drugs be like, uh, I guess this is how it's done. I guess this is how it works. I would love. Okay. I just realized that I would eat up a comic that about drug dealing that was written by a kid. Like (laughs) I bet, I bet that would be solid fucking gold. (laughs) Or, or what if like, it's so good that you can't release it and you're like, Oh shit, I either have to burn this or become a drug Lord. This is basically a how-to manual. I don't know what little Timmy's been getting into, but yeah. it's been it's been fierce and violent. <laughs> yeah, not, now now he's looking at me weird and like, oh god, <laughs> some threatening fifth graders show up show, showed up to uh, my house. I mean, li- listen, I know there were fifth graders, but they were threatening, man. Like they were scary. <laughs> I uh, I kind of enjoyed Shadow of the Bat thirty seven for its nineties charm, but beyond that, yeah. it was kind of like eh, eh. It, yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> and the truth is that, like, you know, Wildcard Johnny Johnny Wildcats is like an extremely throwaway character. Nothing is interesting about him at all, at all. And it, and like you said, with the Black Canary issue before this, it's like, oh, we get a Black Canary story, and it's like kind of neat to get a little piece of Black Canary because, like, at this time she wasn't in a lot of books, and you know, like. Yeah, we we just get like, oh, Batman team up. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. And this is like, oh, Batman teams up with a fucking idiot. And you're just like, <laughs> all right, I guess we're I'll I'll catch him next next month as he teams up with this fucking idiot. I don't and the scheme is just so like it's yeah, so that's stupid. It's it's just even <laughs> even in world, even trying to suspend that disbelief, you know, is just like Yeah. I, the, I really I really enjoy that Jeremiah Arkham went to medical school, ran an institution like so he has experience doing these things. And yeah. he's like, the only way to get Arkham Asylum back together is to hire this idiot to bring me the Joker. It's like, <laughs> what are you talking about, dude? What are you talking well, I just, about? I just also absolutely love that. Like he is the son of the founder of Arkham Asylum or something. Yeah. Yeah. He's multi-generational Arkham Asylum basically. So, so like even not going to medical school, like you should know how this kind of stuff gets like founded and ran man. Like right. family's yeah. apparently been doing it for generations. Like so weird, Jason, but I kind of, I, <laughs> I kind of loved it. Cause it was just so off the map. Just like, who are these people? How did they come to this? Like, I try to imagine I would have preferred Johnny Wildcats gets in the car with Jeremiah Arkham and they hatch this plan. And then we followed Johnny Wildcats doing dumb shit. But like, we should have followed Jeremiah Arkham as he's like hitting rock bottom. Like, just like, yeah, I can't believe I hired that idiot. There's no way this hospital's getting built. (laughs) Yeah, it should have been. Monday morning quarterbacking. Sure. Take this issue, 
rewrite it as uh, as a Fargo parody. <laughs> Some harebrained scheme that like go, goes way off the rails. Now Jeremiah Arkham's responsible for the deaths of like a lot of people, right? You know, right. and he's he like becomes oh. the Joker at the end, right? I get it, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or or put into a wood chipper, like you know. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's, there, there has it's, to be a wood chipper involved. Is all I'm saying. It's the classic two ways to end every story. It's it's the hero's journey into the yeah. wood chipper, yeah, or the Joker. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's just the society we live in, you know, we live in a society. Detective <laughs> Comics 684, written by Chuck Dixon and penciled by Graham Nolan. It's darkest days. We pick up where we left off. Actuary has planned a daylight heist for the Penguin, ensuring the Batman would not show up. Batman has one of Penguin's goons, Nico Vanetti. He questions him by putting him in the drawer of a morgue in an abandoned GCPD forensics annex. When Nico doesn't talk, Batman just slides him back into the box and leaves him there. It's fantastic. Harvey Bullock's now up and moving around out of a coma. Batman, after waiting who knows how long, comes back to the abandoned morgue. Nico, after spending some time in a claustrophobic fridge for corpses, tells Batman that Penguin's hitting the flower show. The flower show is uh, in the new Riverside Convention Center, indoors but with a retractable dome and its own controlled weather via remote. We learn this from an overweight Star Trek lover who is reporting on the show and talking to the organizer. Goons pile out of a giant penguin made of flowers. They Trojan horsed it. The goons are startled when the lights go out and the rain clicks on. They find the Trekkies clothes, hands, and padding on the ground. The Trekkie was Batman. They start shooting at him, yelling that he wasn't supposed to be there. Batman busts him up. Cops pull Nico out of cold storage. Batman gets to the back room of the Iceberg Lounge. He thinks that he has the penguin, but the penguin's all like, hey, man, I'm making a citizen's arrest. Actuary actually planned the whole thing and framed me. I'm a legitimate businessman. Actuary, as the lieutenant, takes the fall. Jason, what do you think of Detective Comics 684? I I, I kind of loved it. I did, too. I, 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 yeah, I, I, I mean, you know, I knew, you know, you, you could tell exactly where the, where the story was going, but like, man, Gra- and Graham Nolan just killed it on the art. I, I was just flipping yeah, back through yeah. to, the, I, lo- I love, I love the page where they pop out of the flower penguin, just the, yeah. the, the, the splash of nobody moves, nobody dies, all the, all the goons and, and their ski mask yeah. and guns and firing it into the air. Just such, such a beautiful, beautiful picture. And it was, this is a really fun, uh, well done story. I, I think this like this kind of stuff is like the kind of stories that like uh, Chuck Dixon like excels at. And it seems like also sure. he probably has the has the most fun writing. You know, it's just yeah. a it's a mostly a heist story with some, you know, you get to have some little intricacies in there and you get to throw a penguin yeah. and yeah. T- the a tet between, you know, the the hero and villain like. Right. I thought the pages where Batman was like pulling Nico out of the fridge in the morgue were like excellent because it was it was so well done. So it would it would be like a panel of of Nico laying down and then it'd be like Nico's perspective and it's Batman's face like leaning over him from the top of the panel. And it was since he's upside down, Nico's he's just staring at Nico and Nico's like, I'm not going to say anything. 
He's like, don't put me back in there. And he's like, we're, we're going to we're going to bargain. And then he's like, fine. He's hitting the flower show. And Batman smiles, but says he's upside down. It looks like a frown. It's just very good. It's just very good. <laughs> it's a re- really good call from Chuck Dixon to make Nico be like, I ain't going to say anything to you. You're never going to Mr. Batman. Mr. Batman, are you, is, that, is that you? I thought I heard right. you. I yeah. ain't seeing, I ain't saying nothing as soon as he opens it up. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, so the, the good. Great, yeah, the great going back and forth between between tough yeah. guy and uh, you've been tortured for a few days, so <laughs> right. now you're willing to talk. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I I look forward to uh, more uh, more more penguin Batman, you know, yeah, sparring storylines. Now that he's uh, you know got the iceberg lounge and he's presenting himself as a legitimate business, like all that stuff is really fun. I'm really excited for more. The fact that he made the lieutenant take the fall, like finally some actual like crime stuff, you know, that's not just like I did a crime and Batman's like, don't do crime. And he's like, I'm going to jail. You know, like finally something that's not like that, you know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Before we before we talk about Batman Adventures, just real quick. Yeah, I've kind of been enjoying the monthlies lately, which is weird. Yeah. Like the especially the Kelly Jones stuff was has just been so, so good. And then like even Shadow, which I I don't usually like, I've been like, "Eh, it's pretty fun, pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I think the Kelly Jones stuff, especially with us specifically, we both have a a pretty deep love for his work. Yeah. Well, documented uh, voice first love for for, for his work. Yeah. But also but like. Like I was saying, I just really been digging the like the spooky stories, you know, because yeah, because like right. it's yeah, it's Doug Munch, right? Is the yep. writer on? Yeah, he's he very much knows like well, if I got Kelly Jones, I'm gonna do yeah, spooky let's lean stories. into it. Yeah. yeah, like why not? Like oh, if I'm gonna have Al Pacino in this movie, I didn't have a scene where his character yelled about something, but the, I I think I might want to write that scene now. Something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't want to I don't want to waste this. <laughs> you know, like, come on, get with the spooky, uh, you know? Let's talk about Batman Adventures. Yeah. Batman Adventures, issue 31, written by guest writer Alan Grant, penciled by guest penciler Dev Medan, inked by Rick Burchett, colored by guest colorist Glenn Murakami, lettered by Richard Starkings of Comic Craft, edited by Scott Peterson with an associate editor, Darren Vincenzo. I don't know if you noticed this. I I just noticed this time around. This this comic, Batman Adventures, was a dollar twenty five, uh, up to issue sixteen, and then at sixteen it went up to one fifty, and then this issue is the last issue that it's one fifty. At thirty two, it goes up to a dollar seventy five. I was like, Ooh. man, DC, you pushed fifty cents within like thirty two issues. That's Kind of asking a lot. Prices are going up. Well, remember, famously, Sam Keith, uh, for the entire original run of the Max, kept it at a dollar ninety-five. When yeah, everybody yeah, else yeah. was going up and up and up, he he kept it at a dollar ninety-five an issue. Yeah, yeah. I I know that price point is one of the things that a lot of uh, comic book readers often are like, we got to get prices on these books down. But it's like, dude, I don't. I don't know. It's so 
not to go, not to get too deep into it, but like the cost of making a comic book is higher than you think to, for hiring like trained professionals for having uh, editorial for paying for the offices, like everything, the physical printing of the book. And so like, I get why comics are like $5 now. I get it. But it sucks because you can't, it's difficult to just like try some shit, you know, like it's yeah. difficult as like a Wednesday warrior to like go into a shop and be like, I don't know, I'm going to start picking up this book and this book and this book. Cause then it's like, Oh, now you're 15 more dollars in. And it's like, uh, I don't know, especially if you're a kid, you know? Oh yeah, no, totally. I, I, I think that like, it's really tough because like people look to like Japan or they look to like, uh, France and like, you know, some other countries in Europe too, that are like pretty, like way more into comics than you would honestly think. And, yeah. and like, and, and they want that. And I want that too. Like, I'd love nothing more yeah. if, if Americans read comics, like the Japanese read comics, but yeah. like, that's like, especially in Japan and in France, like that's such a cultural thing to a lot of people, you know, for sure to, to where it's not here, you know? And it's just, which, yeah. Which breaks my heart, Jason, because we basically like, made superheroes. It, yeah. Like, yeah. We made it and we don't even give a shit. In American yeah. art form. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a, uh, uh, you know, that, it, it could be a whole other podcast talking about, you know, the, the, the whys and wherefores sure, and like sure. al- alternate, alternate histories of, you know. And, and you know me, I could I could go on. <laughs> yeah, we on don't we on. don't have time for that. We got Batman Adventures to talk about. This is uh, Anarchy's first appearance in the DCAU. Maybe only appearance. I'm not sure that he's in a whole lot of stuff. Uh, otherwise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't uh, know. Uh, I, I really love this this book, uh, this issue. So like, I don't I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if they would. <laughs> If he really fits, I was honestly kind of, I was really surprised at a lot of things in this book, actually. Yeah, we're going to, we're going to get into it, but like Anarchy is a pretty violent character uh, in the mainline continuity. Like he kills a lot of people in the mainline continuity. Uh, Yeah. He does not hear in this book for children. So we're going to get into that, but we have a cover where Anarchy is kind of uh, pointing his, his, scepter at robin who's like on the floor wincing in agony as bruce wayne is tied up with a bomb strapped to him with like a bunch of dynamite jason can we just for a second you only need one stick of dynamite to blow up a person anything more than one stick is is you're like what are you doing you're just wasting it well man you know i buy this shit wholesale okay so like eventually <laughs> i just have like a basement full of this stuff and i'm gonna u- I, I have it i'm gonna use it yeah okay sure i get it i get it i get it like yeah so we start with anarchy in in a room with this guy and and he's saying you know donald as the owner of gotham munitions you're the one charged with selling more than one million mines to foreign governments. You know, stuff that kids care about. Mines that have crippled and killed countless people. How do you plead? And he's sitting there with a cartoon bomb that has anarchy symbol on it, rigged up to some sort of camera. And we're in some a, a panel that looks, it's rounded on the corners to make it kind of like looked like a CRT from, you know, this age. 
a four by three television with rounded corners kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And we're in act one, the people's court. And this is the story is called anarchy. This guy, Donald is like, this is ridiculous. I run a legitimate corporation. I pay my taxes. I've committed no crime. And you know, anarchy's like humanity might differ Donald. And we cut to basically the control room of this newscast. And they're like, he's hacked in. He's on every channel. There's nothing they can do. The guy who looks kind of like Shaggy, who's running the control board, is like panicking. He's like, you know, they've overridden all of our fail safes. I don't know. And the the big fat cat is like, are you crazy? Vigilante action on live TV. We're in ratings heaven. Do not change this. We need to show all the gruesome violence. And, uh, you know, Anarchy is like talking to this guy and he's like, look, I only make them and sell them. I have no control over what the landmines are used for. And uh, Anarchy's like, oh, you so you thought they were used to buy food then. OK, all right, buddy. <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah. we're in the back cave. Alfred's watching this unfold. Robin's searching for the signal in order to find like where this is broadcasting from. Try to do some detective work. Try to see if they can stop this. The guy's yelling he's innocent and Robin's like, yeah, so this anarchy fellow that's been causing such a stir for the past few weeks, blah, blah, blah. They're just like casually talking about it as this guy's going to explode on television. And uh, Alfred's like, so should we let Master Bruce know? And Robin's like, nah, I got this one. It's all good. There's an inset panel of the guy screaming. It's not my fault if mines kill people. (laughs) I'm. I guess technically. I mean, kind of. Sure. Kind man. of. Ethically, sure, ethically real yeah. gray. Yeah, not 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 rooting for him though. Anarchy says, and this is the hook of the book, is that you are the jury, Gothamites. Is Donald evading his social responsibility? It, or is he guilty of murder? Or is he just trying to earn an honest buck? He's like, if you think he's innocent. Call the toll-free number. And uh, Robin's like, this guy's a genius. Tapped into the phone company, too. Robin's figuring it out. He's figuring out what this guy's broadcasting. So he's, like, kind of leaping into action. And Anarchy's like, but hurry. In exactly 15 minutes, Donald will have the opportunity to feel what it's like to be blown up. (laughs) Unless you, the jury, make 100 calls in his favor. So Robin sets up the back computer to just spam the number. Like, call the called to save this guy's life which should should we save his life jason your hot take a a gotham landmine company should do we do we gotta save this guy no fuck no fuck that guy (laughs) (laughs) no hesitation (laughs) no not not at all (laughs) let anarchy do his thing yeah 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 full throat support over here (laughs) <laughs> I really loved this because it mirrored death in the family. How they were like, oh, like Robin's going to kill the Joker or, or Robin's going to Joker's going to kill Robin. Jason Todd. Oh, unless yeah, you yeah. call this toll free number and one toll free number was kill him. One toll free number was let him live. And uh, I remember hearing about a lawyer who like wasted like hundreds of dollars on those collect calls in order to like save Robin and did not get to save Robin. 
No, because fans hated Jason Todd. Did you they know they drew two different hated. endings to that? Yeah. That there's like in the DC like offices, they have like the ending where Jason Todd lives as well. Like in the in their like vault. Oh, wow. Just in case. Just, Just in case. Yeah, because they didn't know like uh, they were true. like running the phone line right up until the end before they'd like sent it to print, you know? So yeah. they, they, they did not expect. Too. Yeah, they did not expect how much people hated Jason Todd. Yeah. Still kind of do. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's like, that's, that's uh, neither I, here nor there. I just want to get this one more thing. Jason Todd is like, I, I'm not a, a wrestling fan, but I know this has happened in wrestling where like people will like, uh, wrestlers will be trying to, they'll try to introduce someone as the face, you know, as like the good guy. And yeah. people will just fans will just fucking hate them anyway. Like they and it's just, like they're congratulations, like, he's like, a heel now. Yeah, but they still have to lean into like or try to lean into like making him a favorite. Sure. And they're like, no, fuck this guy. We do yeah, not yeah. like him. <laughs> I feel like it was that way with Robin. They're like, no, we've been telling you, we don't like this guy. But this Robin, we do like. This Robin, we do like. Dick Grayson, we we do like. Yeah. So it cuts to. Uh, a couple of different locations. And in one, it's like kids that are being usher, ushered away from the television by a mom and a guy on the phone. And he's like, of course he's innocent. What kind of show is this anyway? And uh, cuts to, you know, Robin driving through the streets on his motorcycle. And, he, and you know, it's the guy continuing his conversation on the phone. And he's like, guy pays, ta- pays his taxes. Let him go. And it's like some bar that looked suspiciously a lot like Moe's Tavern a little bit like the shot composition kind of remind me of Moe's Tavern and I was like I wonder if Dev is a Simpsons fan and made this kind of look like Moe's I don't know probably maybe could be the bartender's calling and he's like some show and then there's a drunk there and he's like let's hope it blows and the guy at the end of the bar is like creeps as guilty as sin so, you know, Gotham's like chiming in. Got a comrade yeah. right there. Robin's off the motorcycle. He's on the rooftops and it continues the conversation. He's like, me and Susie want to know when the cartoons will be back, please. And we get up to the to the roof access. Robin's kind of like, uh, uh, you know, grappling in. Anarchy's on the roof and he says the Calvary. And he's like, I wouldn't waste any time, Robin. Only a minute to blast off. Another step on the path to the people's revolution. He's like, stay tuned. This was only a a teaser. Prime time is still to come. Anarchy fucking rules, Jason. (laughs) I love this character. I do. I I love the way he's he's written in this book, too. This book for children. This book for children. Yeah, I saw the cover. I was like, all right, anarchy. And well, let's see what I'm like. Oh, shit. Okay, I've been surprised. (laughs) So Robin crashes through the skylight. The guy Scott crash. There. I just I just need yeah. to point out Scott that the sound effect is ska and then crash. They were yeah. hip to it. Okay. They <laughs> were they were 1995 ska band hip. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. They were picking it up, picking it up, picking it up. Timers kicking down, da- clocking down. The guy's sweating. Robin crashes through, takes the bomb, throws it out the window. It explodes out the window. Injuring no one. And then a banner 
flies like from the explosion of the of the bomb and it just says weapons kill and and it's like plastered against the window as robin is is checking it out as he's like untying the guy so that's our that's our setup that's our premise that's act one jason take us into act two act two witness for the defense so act two brings us to the gotham and anthonetum <laughs> Gotham Anthonetum nailed it. Fucking bougie bitches, man. Let's <laughs> go down to the Anthonetum. Then Jason, it's for, it's for the orth- It's for the orphans, though. Now for- you said Anthonetum so much, I can't say orphans. <laughs> orphans. It's for the orphans. Orphans. It's for the orphans. <laughs> yeah, we're so the Gotham Anthonetum. We're we're. Uh, we're showing just a room full of rich people with big old banners saying Gotham or, or orphanage charity dinner. Bruce Wayne is uh, getting getting an award for for all of his. What was it? It was a million dollars that he donated to charity. Yeah, and Jason. Why doesn't why doesn't Batman just buy crime? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's exactly. doing that. He's tr- he's trying everything. Yeah, for God's sakes, yeah. people. Yeah, I ju- uh. <laughs> get off of Twitter. Please get off of Twitter. <laughs> By the way, find us on Twitter at. Oh, it's not that. Funny. <laughs> OK, uh, it's it's a charity event. Bruce Wayne is getting some some claps and some pats on the back and they, they want him to give a speech. But he's he's trying to get out of there because he's got some Batman things to do. You know, as so he's saying, got I, have a pressing, yeah, I, have a, I have a pressing appointment. And then what drops in a little bit of anarchy in the form of some green smoke. Some some maybe some gas that's choking people out, making them cough. Bruce knows what's going on, covers his mouth super quick to make his getaway. Probably going to don the bat suit. And sure. Anarchy gives him a, what I'm assuming, I'm just going to call a cattle prod because this is fun to say, to yeah. the back of the head and knocks him the heck out. Yeah, his little like uh, uh, scepter thing, walking stick, I don't know what it is, but it shocks people. Yeah, right after that, there's Robin just crouched on a roof, probably on his on his on his favorite thinking gargoyle, thinking through the problems of like, well, what did what did anarchy mean by 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 the prime time and something important? Oh my god! And he realizes what he was probably going going to do and where yep. Bruce was at the time. Cut to we're back on TV with Bruce Wayne and a trial of some of Gotham's worst criminals. So yeah. we have run, run it down. Who do we got? Uh, Derek Decker, who owns a chemical plant, who just dumps a bunch of awful chemicals into the water every year. We have Laird G. Cummings, an investment banker who lends to third world dictators. I mean, I don't really think you needed to add that. You could have just said investment banker and he deserved to be up there. <laughs> Done. But- that's 1995. We, yeah, we don't know the yeah. dangers of investment bankers yet. <laughs> this is fair. This is fair. It's fair. And then Jose Martinez, a fruit magnet who made his millions off the backs of Mexican peasants. And he replies with, you know, they needed the job. The chemical guy replies with they only dumped within their legal limit. You know, yeah. the investment banker was just terrified and not, yeah. not saying shit. And then he gets to Bruce Wayne, who. Anarchy's just kind of confused. It's like that he's 
the only one up there somehow is a good uh you know owner of a giant corporation you know yeah he's like oh very ethical congratulations sir yeah yeah but then he does say i did i did like this line and again in a kid's book very good line unfortunately a man has to pay the price of the company he keeps hell yeah anarchy so good straight to the point ideological true believer it's just gonna be yep. really scary when you got a true believer. Terrifying. Yeah, but Robin though is swinging into action, and just sure. I, I I gotta give it up to a to a beautiful. I, I always love a beautiful off kilter. Oh yeah, this shot, odd perspective shot. You know, I think that um, Dev is is working really hard to draw like this shot in particular is like beautifully composed. But also, Glenn Murakami is coloring the absolute hell out of this thing. Oh, yeah. Like, no, no shade on uh, Rick Taylor, but like, yeah, this, this issue and last issue, too, just absolutely gorgeous. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a lot of, like, really smart color choices. Robin is swinging into action, and he's got a red sky, the Batman animated red sky behind him. And some of the buildings are in this like uh, salmon kind of color the, in the far, far uh, buildings. And then as they get closer, they turn more blue purple. And then Robin is in his full Robin gear. But the highlight on him is light, light blue all the way through him. No matter what, if his red, you know, suit, green, green sleeves, you know, skin tone, whatever. It's all light blue. It's just so moody. And so perfect. Yeah, yeah. It's under, and I love the, I love the, uh, the the gradients on the uh, the buildings uh, closest. Yeah, you know, in the in the foreground is it, it it really uh, using using that 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 salmon color just a little bit. Yeah, like coming up like from the edges. Right, right. Getting a little bit of streetlight glow from the bottom, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It gives a yeah. real real good real good sense of depth to to, yeah. to the whole thing. Yeah, I actually that's the reason why I looked up how much these books cost, because I was like, (laughs) I know that part of the reason why books started costing more in this era is that they started switching to uh, coloring that's like digital with like a full range of value. And it's more expensive to print that stuff than it is the regular 64 colors that like everyone's used to. And because this has gradients in it. I assume that they're printing this with like a more expensive method. Yeah. So I was like, too, you need, you need and paper. I I don't think that we're on expensive paper paper quite yet, but like we are using a more expensive method. I think the paper is going to come later and is going to usher in a higher price point when that comes too. But for right now we have uh, some very fancy digital coloring and we are paying 25 cents more to get it. <laughs> yeah, so amazing panel of Robin swinging into action. What happens next? Well, uh, after after letting you know Bruce know, like, hey, man, good job on not being a dick. Uh, he goes, uh, you know, Bruce is like, oh, well, they're not going to have a chance to defend themselves against your accusations. And Anarchy explains that, like, he, he ain't Judge Judy and Executioner, okay? Like, yeah. You know, this is going to be for the people of Gotham. They're they're gonna. He's just gonna follow whatever they say. 
you know, yeah. and Bruce is going to be the witness for the defense. He uh, he does the best job he can. You know, he's he's trying to explain that these people aren't monsters, that they've had some pain sure. and suffering in their lives and they've they've tried to, you know, do some good, you know, with it. Like one of them has a daughter who's been paralyzed since birth and he tries to use all his wealth to, you know, to to help out a charity that he set up in in her name and the investment banker is a re- recovering alcoholic who, who's really involved in helping other people out and you know another guy helps, yeah he's like, he's witnessed he's witnessed in the aa program to to help uh, other people like climb out of alcoholism in a book uh, for children which is like hey man you know sure they're gonna get the they're gonna understand the gravity of that <laughs> yeah 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 you know and, uh, and and the other guy whose whole family was killed in a car accident is uh you know, uh, d- d- spends millions of dollars to try to promote uh, car safety and, you know, better, mm-hmm. better features and things like that. And they're just, they're just good people trying to do like the best that they can. And, you know, and again, in a children's book after, you know, anarchy is like, Hey, good job, but it's band-aids on a mortal wound. Um, yes, yeah. man. Yes, yeah. you are correct. I'm anarchy. I, I, I believe in you. And uh, <laughs> I do love the cuts. So, like, I always love stories like this because I do love the um, the flip of uh, uh, here's what's going on in the TV studio, and then here's the public's reaction. Right, like you the know? the people watching the television set about like all these people who are like basically on trial for doing heinous things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and because I think that like honestly, honest to God, I think my favorite scene in this book is the obvious uh, Betty and Veronica analogs. Yeah, you know, watching I thought them on the TV. same thing. Yeah, so them, good. And, and and Betty's saying, "Isn't isn't he cute?" And the Veronica analog is like, "I like his social conscience." I'm like, "Yeah." Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> As this debate between Bruce and uh, Anarchy is going on, <clears throat> you know, we're, we're seeing the public's reaction. We see the teenage girls kind of fawning after Anarchy. And uh, we cut back to the bar and the guy who was like, yeah, they should just kill him. He's like, forget politics, frag him. You know? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, Bruce uh, is like, granted, democracy isn't perfect. And Anarchy's like, democracy is a sham. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to the dollop. I, uh, I think I know a few things. <laughs> you guys, yeah, you know how it goes. But again, in a book for children, I'm like. In a book for children. They went way, way harder <laughs> than yeah. I really Way thought. harder than they needed to, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, because I seriously, I was, I was like, I was like, yeah, you know what? Okay, I'm like, all right, Anarchy as a as the villain in the Batman Adventures book. I'm like, you know, re- completely ready to give them all sorts of passes of like, yeah, whatever, it's a kid's book, and just like, shit, all right, like, yep, this, Anarchy goes for it. Yeah, he doesn't buy it, and he just turns to the public and he goes, well, he's that he says my bombs will mark these men for a long time to come, unless, but then he gets cut off by the police apparently who have surrounded the building and he gets spooked and decides that well that's showbiz and that's his time to ski daddle and pops out and the guy's like the the guy's (laughs) like hey you never told them how to stop the bombs and he's like that's showbiz yeah Yeah. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
<laughs> yeah, yay. Crawling out the window, who does he see standing way above him? But it's Robin, who says mm-hmm. that he's going to take him back to Juvie Hall. Hmm. That was, yeah, I, I that was like a weird line because Anarchy's yeah. clearly an adult man and he's like going to Juvie, I guess. I was like, I guess it's, it's insinuated that he's a kid. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, he's revealed to be, I think. We get into act three, the gentle art of philosophy. And it's anarchy, getting Robin off balance, getting onto the rooftop. And he's like, I don't know why we should end up fighting each other, Robin. We're natural allies. We both want justice. You for the individual, me for the downtrodden masses. And they, they're, you know, fighting each other. And he's like, I don't blame you, Robin. You've been conditioned the way we all were. He's like, but I'll help you see the light. He's trying to zap him with his stick and stuff. He's fighting him and he's like, it's all Plato's fault. He convinced men that they were playthings of cruel gods and laid the foundations for politicians and priests to swindle the common man. Do what you're told now, they say. Your reward will come later. But I say man is a noble creature, only warped by the brutal elites who control him. And then he's like, (laughs) capiche? And this is all while they're like fist fighting each other on the roof. Yeah, I got to get that kind of stamina. Meanwhile, Bruce Wayne is like getting out of the ropes and he's like, hey, hey, you know what? I think my ropes slipped, everybody. I think I can get out of these. (laughs) Clearly, you know, Batman has got a way out of that thing. Um, So he gets out of the ropes. He's picking up the bombs and the guy's like, hurry, hurry. There's no saying how long we've got, you know, like everybody's panicking as he's wrapping them up in the tablecloth. The bombs go off. And we cut back to Robin on the roof, so we don't know what happened there. The bomb. We know the bombs went off and we're like, oh, no, everybody's dead. Bat anarchy killed Batman. Anarchy is Batman. This is an anarchy book now. (laughs) He's he's talking uh, to Robin. He's like, I just do the will of the people and. uh He's he starts this quote and he's like, uh, Vox Populi. This is Latin, so bear with me. Vox Populi, Vox D. The voice of the people is, and he and Robin's like, the voice of God. I know, Archbishop Reynolds, right? And he's like, but you didn't finish the quote. What if the people are mad? And then Anarchy, Robin's finally got him cornered, and he's like, wait, what exactly are my crimes? As Robin's like about to punch him and he's like, uh, and then he's like, I put out a pirate TV broadcast. I tapped into the phone company. I frightened some rich guys, hardly a catalog of dastardly evils. And then Robin's like, it's enough as he's just punching him in the head. (laughs) Yeah, just knocks him out. Just just knocks him clean out. Anarchy's down. Robin's like, but you're right about one thing. We could have been allies. And then we see the party goers leaving the party with the aftermath of the bomb that went off. It was just paint like Bruce Wayne's yeah. all marked up like all the guys are marked up. He's given the, the flashing a little OK to Robin that he's fine. Yeah. As yeah. Robin like you know grapples on out of there. And then this is my favorite part of this whole book. So like anarchy is just like eat the rich the entire time. <laughs> he's like. Basically, like these people do not deserve to exist in our society. And then Robin's grappling away and he's like, 
actually, he may be right about a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. end. The end. Yeah, Robin. <laughs> Robin's about to go read some some fucking conquest of bread. <laughs> it's a fo- foundational uh, anarchist uh, fo- philosophy <laughs> book. In case in case anyone didn't know that. Oh <laughs> uh, man, what did you think of this issue, Jason? Oh, I fucking loved it. I think this is in my like top five of the Batman adventures so far. No shit. Wow. It's just, it's just such a solid read. Anarchy is such a fun character and then putting anarchy like in the context of like, this is for children, but still not pulling any punches is such a fun time. Like it's just so good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because like the kids, you know, a a 10 year old reading this is just going to get that like, oh, here's the bad guy. He's crazy. Yeah, he's saying stuff. You know, he's he's saying bad guy stuff and Robin's got to stop him. You know, but if if you're like 20 or whatever reading this, you're like, oh, yeah, it's kind of kind of this anarchy guys making a lot of sense. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe people who uh, who make and sell landmines should. uh, Fuck right off into the sun, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, yep. Yep. Maybe, maybe. I, I also agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, like not, not a hard, hard, hard not, not a uh, hard, hard decision to make. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, yeah. Yeah. It was super, it was very, it was very well done. Uh, yeah. Yep. Like I said, I was just, just continually shocked. Yeah. At the, uh, at the ideological, ideological commitment shown in this children's book. Yeah, I don't know if you can write anarchy and not commit to it, which is, I think, that why anarchy doesn't show up more often, especially not in the DCAU, like the animated yeah. universe. I, You know, it, it makes perfect sense why anarchy seldom shows up because, like, he brings heavy themes with him. But, like, yeah, yeah, man, I don't know. The anarchy story that we read, too, where with uh, Scarecrow and... uh Azrael, like oh yeah for yeah. the nightfall story i also really enjoyed that one too i was like maybe maybe i'm an anarchy fan i don't know yeah well well it was really interesting the like you know how how true how true they are to like i mean obviously like you know real world anarchist doesn't you know like that but like sure real, but real world anarchists are like people who consider themselves as such typically are like really committed you know to yeah to the idea ideology and the belief of it. And I think in the mainstream books, it's a, it's a fun thing, if not like heady thing to kind of play with, because like an anarchist is like anti, like any kind of like authority, you know, like, right. like any at all using any kind of power and, right. And questions it a lot and questions like the use of like, Hey, do you really have the right to be doing this to somebody else? Like to the superheroes. And, and that, so it's a really fun in- tension. Yeah, that in the context of superheroes, like how does an anarchist view somebody like Superman? It's like, yeah, I, I, I think it's a, just a really interesting thing to dive into. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And I really I really appreciated how he, he kept on appealing to the, you know, like to to the people, you know, much like. Yeah. You, you know, an anarchist like would have like, hey, you know, it's, it's by committee. It's by what like, you know, people decide. Sure, and, sure put it extremely basically like so it's like yeah you know he's he's like i'm not an authority because i'm an anarchist right yeah he's like i'm not gonna be the one that's gonna kill you 
Like the people will vote. They will yeah. decide your fate, you know? Yeah. Yeah. If they don't want you to die. All right. All right. He's like, I'm fine yeah. with that because I'm yeah. I don't believe in authority figures. Uh, yeah. 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 yeah the democracy is a sham. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it also dude did, it's just so fun oh man this issue is fantastic yeah it, it also did read though as like i, I did kind of enjoy them making him uh, a teenager though just for this one little story because like it did read a lot of like yeah that's what like a teenager who got like who would get really into like if they got like right read a bunch of you know anarchist philosophy books you know mm-hmm. would be like yeah yeah, yeah and did start reading about like you know the anarchists in the early 20th century and in in, uh, in Eastern Europe and stuff. And, y- y- you know, like action right. and got to, you know, is. Yeah. Yeah. Is all, just, all the fire of a teenager who's read a few books and got a little taste of, of knowledge and how society works for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, and I know this is right. And like, yeah, just. Yeah. Was, I think it was a nice little touch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I also really loved the counterpoint of Batman or Bruce Wayne sitting there and being like, these people are like, even though that you may not agree with like how society is and, and these roles that they've have having them, they are not all bad. Like they are equally good as well as bad. They live in this gray space. It's like the landmine guy, maybe not so much, but like the guy who's like, the toxic chemical guy who's like, well, I dump within the legal limit. And also I give to all these charities. He's like, I'm trying to do the best I can in the society that we live in. Yeah. It's like, you know, when you, when you are a true believer, like anarchy, you start to go down this terrifying path of like, I know everything. Absolutely. And Bruce, like opening the cracking the door of just being like, Hey, maybe things aren't as black and white as you think. Like, I thought was just a really great moment. Oh yeah. 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 Well, cause yeah, if it, w- if it wasn't a kid's book, you know, you could get. <laughs> sure. But even, even in this kid's book, yeah, it's like yeah, they're, yeah. they're exploring just like a little bit of like morality and gray area. And, yeah. You know? Yeah. I think, I think they honestly did like, well, from the last time, you know, we met him in the, uh, in the mainline, you know, you know, books, like I think they kind of, wrote a character who's supposed to be all about anarchist philosophy a bit better in the, in the kid's book. Yeah, man, he comes yeah. off better here than he does fighting the scarecrow. Like, yeah, who cares about yeah. that. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, man. One of, one of my, I think this is one of my top fives that we've read so far, as far as Batman yeah. adventures, just God such damn. a fun read. God yeah. Damn. You want to hit the letters column? Yeah. Did you did you read the letters column, Jason? No. I, t- I totally didn't even remember that I forgot to read the letters column until right now. <laughs> so, you know. Well, a few jumped out at me. I got a couple short ones and one long one. Dear Bat fans, warning. The Batman Adventures 27. Bat clone, bat clone, bat clone. Did our friends at the Batman Adventures betray us by giving us a comic clone? Duh, fanboys, not even close. Unwittingly, the Bat Team brought us a story that is so cool but simple. It relates Bruce Wayne's feelings towards Tom Dalton during his early Bat days. Now that's no coincidence. That's what I call great storytelling with great artwork all in 30 days work for our Bat friends. That was Walter uh, Albano from uh, Halden, New Jersey. 
the the issue he's talking about is the uh timothy dalton timothy dalton it's the tom dalton one with <laughs> you're cracking just, could you imagine your- timothy dalton the living well, I, daylights, Timothy Dalton. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, but I'm, I'm also just remembering uh, when, when we were younger. I think it was you, your brother, and your dad, just all like really Deep diving excited. into James Bond. Fuck yeah, yeah dude. Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, oh, we just got, <laughs> we just got the new Bond box set. We're all just gonna sit there and watch yeah. like eight hours of James on VHS. Bond. VHS. Yeah, yeah, on VHS. <laughs> oh, it's so good, Jason. Anyway, that's not, the, that's not the point. That's not the point. The point is, is that uh, that was the story where the guy's uh, girlfriend was murdered and he was dressing up like Batman It was the cover where like Batman is cradling like the corpse of another Batman, basically. Yeah. yeah, Um, The heavy ass. We loved that issue. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. yeah, That was a really good one. But I love the response to this letter where he's like, unwittingly, Scott says, unwittingly, everything in this book is done extremely wittingly, my friend, even except for the letters column, of course. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i mean come on if you yeah the letters column is there so the editor can phone something in <laughs> let me read you another one dear mr peterson how many images or ideas can one cover invoke let's see the image of two batmans on the cover of the batman adventures 27 and i like i said the cover with batman holding the fake batman tom dalton as he's bleeding on the cover um Immediately brought to mind the recently concluded Zero Hour with its multiple bats. The sign of a hero seemingly looking at his own corpse brought to mind not only the Dead Again storyline currently running through the Superman titles, but also Green Arrow number 90, another Zero Hour tie-in. That's the Green Arrow issue that we loved if you watched our Zero Hour thing. That was when it was like two parallel he was like stopping a mugger on one and, and then like it branched off. So like, oh, yeah, the top yeah, tier yeah. was like subtle differences from the bottom tier. Yeah. And those yeah, subtle that. differences ended up with Green Arrow surviving in one timeline and dying in another. Yeah. The bats flying around the logo are reminiscent of Nightfall, Night's Quest, Night's End, as well as year one and possibly the Dark Knight Returns. But it's been a while since I've looked at that. The fallen Batman is drawn in a style that emulates Dick Sprang's. Finally, the positioning of the characters is vaguely reminiscent of the Pieta. And that's all I can think of in about a minute's time. I'm sure there are more illusions that I missed. Nice work, guys. That was from Brian Redman in Rochester, New York. Uh, The Pieta, by the way, is uh, one of three iconic uh, Catholic pieces of art where uh, Mary has pulled Jesus off the cross and is holding the corpse of her child as, as he dies, you know, in her arms. Um, Oh, I know that as mother and child being a filthy Lutheran or being raised as a filthy (laughs) Lutheran. I just know that as, as mother and child. Scott responded, nice spotting Tex. You didn't get the reference to the Spanish inquisition, but that's okay. Nobody expects the Spanish inquisition. Hey, Hey, it's 1995 and we're joking about Monty Python. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, that I, man, I fucking love that letter. I love that letter a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You can tell that that dude is like King nerd shit. Like he's like, he's like, I'm going to pull from comics. I'm going to pull from classical art. Like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's my, my kind of people right there. (laughs) For sure. For sure. Yeah. I got one last one for you. This one's a little longer, so bear with me. Dear creators, Mr. Puckett, 
I must say that issue 27 Survivor Syndrome is one of the best story, Batman stories I've ever read. Tom Dalton was a believable character while and a quite nice reflection of Bruce Wayne. The chilling gang war scene really made me understand and sympathize with him. I was also glad that you had Batman try to help Tom be a better Batman instead of simply having him disapprove of his actions, as I've seen other writers do with similar characters. You kept the character consistent. Well done. And we talked about that, too, on that podcast about how it was nice that Batman didn't try to be like, hey, don't do this. He was like, I know where you are and I'm going to help you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mr. Parobeck, I have followed your work since I first saw El Diablo, which is, I guess, an old work that Mike Parobeck had worked on, which I kind of want to read this letter because he talks about Parobeck's art a lot. And I am not familiar with El Diablo, but. If I ever come across it in a comic shop, I'm definitely going to snag it. Fuck yeah. Although I'm a fan, I did not at first think that you were an appropriate artist for this comic. Specifically, I thought there was too much negative space, too stiffness in the movement, which sounds bonkers to me because Paro Beck is so loose and so dynamic. However, this too has changed. Your art's been steadily improving as the series progressed. In issue 27, I was impressed with the range that you were able to convey on Tom's face, especially the climactic building scene where both men's eyes conveyed their feelings more than words ever could. Again, thank you both as well as Mr. Burchett and Mr. Taylor for their outstanding artistic efforts. Congratulations and thank you. I'll be watching more closely in the future. That was Randall Kirby somewhere north of here. And the reason I wanted to write specifically read this letter is because Scott wrote and we've been having a few guest artists. Dev has worked on uh, this issue. Rick Burchett drew the last issue. Dev worked on the issue before that. So we haven't had a whole lot of Mike Parobeck stuff lately. And Scott wrote, Mike is truly one of the two most underrated artists working today, underrated by, uh, by the public at large, that is. His fellow artists recognize how amazing he is. I must admit, however, that the climactic scene that you appreciated was actually drawn by Rick Burchett after Mike ran into some health problems after drawing the first act. Rick, of course, is the other most underrated artist working today. Underrated, but overworked. Apparently, the reason that we haven't seen Parobeck for a while is because he ran into a few health issues that he's working out in 1995. I, I assume he'll return to the book eventually, but until then, we have a couple of fill-in artists to kind of like, you know, show must go on. Yeah, comics yeah. gotta come out you know yeah is what it is so yeah i thought that was like a neat little look into the editor being like oh fuck we gotta get somebody to fill in real quick inker can you can you just draw the rest of this you know yeah yeah <laughs> well and like i i did enjoy the letter though too because i i liked the um i i liked the criticism but i like how it was it was a detailed criticism it was like oh well here's Absolutely. why like, I didn't think you'd be the right fit, even though I liked you, but here's why. And he, I'm like, oh, that's the, and then he's like, really, he's like, I see. Yeah, I see that you loosened up and like, I take it all back. And, you know, like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Really good letter. Yeah, man. Rick, Rick Burkick, too. Um, so yeah, so I was just marveling over Rick Burkick. I totally, I totally forgot. I think if I remember <laughs> now in that issue, like in the, you know, they, they had the little like you know pencils yeah, yeah. you know power back from this page to this page and right right you right know. Yeah, yeah i i don't know if i mentioned that when we went over it i think i missed it actually mm. i don't know yeah but yeah let's I'm, let's hit up that to read 
Yeah, let's hit up that to read. As always, if you want a little art with your to read pile, you can catch it on YouTube, youtube.com slash Nick Phil. I just put up the one that's very, very weird where we talked about new school and then we talked about which Jason new school looks fantastic, by the way, by uh, by Shaw. What was Uh, Dash Shaw? Dash Dash Shaw. Shaw. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Looks really fun. I, I checked out some of the art. It's very wild. I, I kind of don't know what to think of it. I want to check it out. There's like a weird X-Men reference in it that I found a yeah. page of that. I was like, put it in. I was like, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but if you want to check out that art and see it, it's on YouTube um, as well as, you know, in our previous episode where we talked about it. Also added some, uh, you know, comic book lettering from uh, the essential guide to comic book lettering. A letterer hangs out in my discord. Uh, what's up, Bernardo? He actually was like, yo, I wish I had this book when I started lettering. Like, oh, cool. It is so comprehensive and so well thought out and like walks you through everything very, very easily. He was like, he was like, excellent to read, excellent recommendation. So, you know, nice, nice to get a little feedback. On yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway. What are you bringing to the to read pile, Jason? I won't go into much detail, but on Sunday, I went to this like a memorial service thing for for this 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 guy I knew, and uh, it was it was right downtown, and I was mm. just sort of like hang, hanging out there talking to some people, and and I was like when I was leaving, I'm like I'm gonna go buy some comic books to cheer myself up because Sarge is right there, yeah, man, <laughs> you know, yeah, and uh, and I'm walking around, and uh, I know this isn't the true title of this book, but I'm a sucker for stuff like this sometimes and i love the i I like all the names on them uh but i I saw uh fuck this place volume one oh it's actually new book yeah yeah it's it's the first collection of i uh of i hate of uh i hate this place you know issues one through five but just big letters no censoring and like yeah you know really like kyle starks and yeah i really like the art i don't know um art, art do you know how to spell Art Arto Artum Toplin. I'm 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 uh, very I'm sorry. Sure. I'm very sorry. I should have I should have tried to look up how to pronounce your name. Should have, fig- should have figured this out. Yeah, yeah. And some and some some guy coloring, I don't know. Got it got it got a weird name. You know, you got you got two L's in that name. Just, Is that Lee Lowridge? Yeah. Yeah. You're son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh I hate this place. It's it's um Honestly, like Kyle Starks, I'm like, all right, this will at least be fun, you know? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Everything Kyle does is just super funny, super yeah, interesting. Yeah, uh, but I, I'll just I'll just read the back copy just for you know to 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 get it out there. But it's, sure. Uh, after inheriting a farmhouse, Trudy and Gabby are ready to start the next chapter of their lives together. Except the farmhouse is already home to a mysterious force that's attracted ghosts, aliens and all kinds of supernatural beings for decades. Now Gabby and Trudy must play by the house rules in order to survive living among the most frightening creatures on Earth. Man, that's my shit. That oh, sounds it's, great. It, well, it's so much fun, and it's so much... Uh, the, the art is... <laughs> art's fucking beautiful. 
and and the colors yeah. obviously are i mean you know yeah 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 Lee, lee's great but like the thing that um something i really loved about it is it's very funny which wasn't shocking at all you know no. yeah that's kyle's wheelhouse yeah yeah but it was just uh it, it was just immediate stakes you know yeah and uh it was immediate like there there's this great there's this really good balance of uh of of kyle starks being like a you know is just uh really ridiculously funny you know and mm-hmm. then just immediate like oh no shit's serious now though too because yeah, yeah. Th- no this is real and this isn't playing around and some of this stuff might be like the people or characters might be kind of goofy but like no no this is this is some real shit going on you know yeah. but also yeah. hey it's still I'm, I'm still we're i'm still gonna make it fun you know which is which is a really hard uh line to walk you know for sure yeah and so like yeah like i only read it sunday and i'm just like holy crap this is this is really really good like i knew I, man I, yeah i was almost sure i, I would like it because yeah because yeah. i like you know but like and I, I really, I, I can't say enough about uh, about the art, though. Too like just from the uh, from the action, from the storytelling, from just the the, the playing. Oh man, reading this it, thing is going to make me jealous that I'm I'm not coloring it. <laughs> I'm gonna be upset. It sounds like he wrote like Stardew Valley meets Skinwalker Ranch. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> kinda, kinda from 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 what I'm, it looks I'm like. I'm into it. Yeah, I'm into it. It's, it's so yeah so like yeah and and hey get the uh first volume that's titled uh fuck this place yeah i absolutely cause, will because i got and i gotta say you know what also a plus for marketing okay because it worked on me yeah yeah you were like oh cuss words in the title hello <laughs> yeah. i am 12 years old forever okay <laughs> <laughs> i like that you went from like the heady dash shaw book to like <laughs> fuck this place <laughs> hey man it's, it's it's one of the it's one of the many things i love about comic books it's one of the many things i love about um in in my like like i love movies right like many people and i, I love my weird yeah. freaking movies i love my criterion channel subscription you know yeah. but also like i i still hold like you know straight up comedies in super high regard too it's like yeah, you know, way up yeah. there with like the classics of like eight and a half or whatever the hell you want to talk about. Sure. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm like, yeah, man, Blazing Saddle is totally up there. Like, yeah, come on, yeah. like Evil Dead, like let's let, let's go. Like, it's all it's all the stuff I love, you know. So uh, I don't have anything for the to read pile this week, unfortunately, but I, I read a couple of things and they were good not great i didn't want to really bring them to the two weeks i just want to give full-throated recommendations you yeah. know and and it happens but can i just tell a lee Lowridge story real quick oh hell yeah hit me up with it so the context for this is that okay so lee colored fuck this place and he's been a colorist in the industry for a long time i got my start working at lee Lowridge's studio in savannah georgia when he still had a actual physical studio there I was in there uh, and Eisner Award winning Matt Wilson was also working there at the same time. We graduated school at the same time. So we're working in there and it's a good time. We eventually go our separate ways. He dissolves the studio. And then we bump into I bump into Matt Wilson and he's like at a show. And Lee, I know Lee's at the show, too. And he's like, I'm going to work on this book uh, called Cry Havoc. 
And the hook of Cry Havoc is it's the same artist and it takes place in three different time periods. It's a different colorist for every time period. And he's like, you should do it with me. It'll be like a fun little jam piece. He's like, how often do we get to work together? And the the answer is, this is it. This is the only one. So like, you know, hell yeah, I'm in, I'm in. So Matt is like, oh yeah, this will be like a, a fun time with like some old friends, you know? And then he's like, oh yeah, Lee's working on it too. I was like, oh really? And then, so I was like, I bumped into Lee and I was like, yeah, I'm working on that thing with uh, Matt and you. And Matt, Matt's whole vibe was this will be like a fun time for us to like share this book together. And Lee looked at me and he was like head to head motherfucker. And he's like (laughs) pointing at his eyes, pointing at me. And he's like head to head motherfucker. (laughs) Hey, you know, he's uh, even even this many years later, he's making sure your skills are sharp. All right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's yeah, just, yeah. It was a fun time. That book was that book was a fun time. I haven't read it in a long time, but uh, I had a really good time with it. Um, yeah, I think I still. The like art it. was really great. The writing was really great. If you if if you want to pick up Cry Havoc and check out three different colorists on the same artist, I highly recommend it. I think it's the old, one of the only books that has ever done something like that. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, because yeah, colorists don't really get a, a, a an opportunity to really work with other. <laughs> yeah, with other colorists. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's you not really... you get like multiple writers on like something like Gotham Central or something like that. Like that happens occasionally. Yeah. But like a bunch of colorists all working together, that like does not happen. I I did the so it's three timelines. So the one that's and this was years and years ago. So my memory's fuzzy on it, but. The timeline that I did was the like this girl in her 20s as she learns that she is kind of like bitten by this like smoke werewolf and is like inhabited by this this spiritual werewolf thing. And that there's these other she gets kind of like introduced into this world of like other creatures that possess people in weird ways. I know that at some point. The military recruits these people. So there's like a a timeline in Afghanistan. And then there's a future timeline. That's that's Lee's stuff. That is the furthest removed from my stuff because I was doing the past timeline. Mm -hmm. So I actually don't know. I don't remember where it ends up because I was like (laughs) so I I had to like dovetail into Matt's stuff. And then the future stuff was like off my radar. Yeah, but uh, it was a good time. I, I highly recommend it. Yeah, I, yeah I'm, well, I'm bringing my own book to the two read pile, Jason. I'm generating those sales. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? You know, so, sometimes, you know, you I think you should. You know, you, you know, what? you brought up the dollop. Gareth always, uh, you know, gives out when his stand updates are going to be, you know? Yeah, like, there you, you might... go. There you go. So anyway, I just wanted to mention, since we're talking about Cry Havoc, it's written by uh, Cy Spurrier and it's drawn by Ryan Kelly who I think is a artist that people sleep on a lot for whatever Mm. reason. I think Ryan Kelly is phenomenally talented um, and seriously underrated. So yeah, that's cry havoc. Go check it out. Go get it. I'm promoting now. I'm I'm like you said, Gareth puts his puts his uh, comedy shows at at the top of the dollop. I'm going to start. I'm going to start plugging Jason. Well, I mean, yeah, you like you you should. 
You know, it's kind of funny uh, because Cry Havoc is an image book. I get an email quarterly about like how much Cry Havoc has sold, basically. <laughs> but it's like it's like a, a very old image book. So like basically nobody's buying it. But like every once in a while, like two people will check out Cry Havoc. And like, I just want to say I see you. And I appreciate you. <laughs> hey, thank, man. Thank you for the 20 cents. I really yeah. appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, better, better than no sense, right? Better than no sense. Better than no sense. Jason. Nick. If people want to get in touch with you, where do they get in touch with you? They can get in touch with me at uh, King of Black Acid on Twitter. Also uh, at uh, World Second Finest on Twitter as well. It's World Second with a two. I am uh, trying to uh, uh, make sure I promote as well. Uh, look out for uh, the two reads on Wednesday. Try to be a little bit more... Uh, active throughout the week on that just to sort of like remind people like hey we're here you know yep and then you know that website i mentioned weeks ago is still not, not in t- it's all right it's all right yeah you know what it's it's there it's it's the first time in a while i've i've bought a a, a domain as you know and just done nothing with it so you know hey man i've been crazy busy too i i brought my own book to the two read pile so there it is <laughs> i mean i I, th- I think you should more often hey everybody vote and let us know don't, just like anarchy would want no just like anarchy would want you to we, we have to listen to the will of the people i will come through with the hustle jason you don't want to <laughs> you don't want to start this <laughs> you can find me at at uh linktree.com slash nick phil um yeah i don't have anything else to add to that join the discord we talk about comics up there uh, link for that is in the linktree.com slash nickphil. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you. Is is Anarchy Judge like, Wapner? Is that I I I don't know what Judge Wapner is. The People's Court? You don't the remember people's the People's Court? court? No. The only the only the court, court I recognize is Judge Judy. That's it. It was it was like the it was like the first like of those I, shows I don't, I don't with, know, Judge, with Judge Wapner. Was, I don't know. Was, you don't remember Rain Man? You know, he has no, to, he has to get home to watch, watch Wapner. This is weird. dead air, Jason. I'm cutting it all is. of this. <laughs> oh, you should. You should. You should. So.